Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be back doing a full solo episode. It feels like it's hard to schedule these in because we have so many exciting guests coming up, but... I am doing my best to do one of these a month. So here I am committing to what I said I would do, a rare occurrence. I have a list of things that I want to go over. Mostly we're going to do a big refresher of the rules and read some of your success stories of the rules. But before we do that, I just am going to get in some thoughts on Pam and Tommy, the show. Skip ahead if you haven't seen it, but also it happened in real life. So you don't really have to skip ahead. I've been watching the Pam and Tommy show, or I think maybe we finished it actually last night with Steven and Pamela Anderson is played by Lily James, who is absolutely stunning. And Tommy Lee is played by Sebastian Stan, who's great, but I don't think he looks like Tommy Lee. I I think, however, Lily James looks almost identical to her and is so, 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 so good in this role. I was thinking though, I'm watching it, you know, Pam is a sweet in real life, you know, the sweet girl and she meets Tommy Lee, who's like this rocker and whatever. And he's like kind of a dick, which is why his safe, I guess, got broken into in the first place and they found their sex tape. And it's interesting because I see Pamela like with him or at least you know in the show obviously I don't know what their relationship was like in real life and I'm like I would not maybe young me right but me today would never be attracted to someone who was like rude to people that worked for them or rude to other women or things like that but maybe when I was younger I dated guys who I kind of almost like wanted to be rude to other women because I was like I only want them to be nice to me And looking back, that is so insanely toxic. Like, why would I want to be with someone who's rude to anyone? Like, let alone other women. Like, I love women, you know? And I remember distinctly one of my exes was like that. Like, he was just not a nice dude, but like so nice to me. And I thought that that was so cool. Like, I felt so special and blah, blah, blah. That's not special. That's a guy with issues, like anger issues and possibly more. So I just wanted to say that because I had that thought watching that. I was like, no, 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 no. And then also last night, this is so cheesy, but I was in bed with Steven. You know what? I'm going to stop qualifying qualifying cheesiness. Like it's okay to be cheesy. I was in bed with Steven last night and he 
wasn't feeling well. Like he had a stomach ache and I just, I was so tired. All I wanted to do was go to bed, but he was like suffering and, and he wasn't feeling good. And so I went over to his side of the bed and I gave him scratches and a little massage and like a head massage and all this stuff that I didn't, I didn't want to do. Like it wasn't benefiting me in any way, but because I wanted to make him feel good. And like, that's how I know that he is my love of my life because I never did any of that shit. I never wanted to do any of that shit in other relationships. I, I was not a selfless lover before Steven ever, ever, ever. And maybe it was because I decided in my head that they don't deserve it. They didn't do it to me, whatever. But I think that's how you know it's real when you really are selfless in your interactions with them. Like, you know that you're not benefiting in any way to get like their favorite coconut water, but you do it because you know it'll make them happy. And I think two partners who have that same sentiment towards each other, like Steven does the same things for me. He's always, always doing things for me, whether or not I ask. Like that's, that is love. So like, I I don't know what made me want to say that, but I was thinking it. So I wanted to share that with you because it's something that is like, it's new to me. Oh, my sister just sent me all these really cute pictures of my niece asking me which one is the cutest. Like, how can I decide? How can I decide when she is the cutest person in the freaking world? Like, there's just no, there's no way to decide, but I'm going to decide because this is what you got to do as a sister. You know, you got to just say, this is the cutest one, but they're all really cute. Okay. That was an unnecessary distraction. Going back to the rules, we're going to do a rules refresher. And before I get into this and read your rule success stories, I just want to say that the rules is not, they're not the same things as a game. A game is when somebody text, takes two hours to text you. So you take three hours to text them back. That's a game. And that is dumb. A rule is a guideline to follow when you, let's say, have anxiety dating, when you don't know how to act. The rule is like a magic eight ball. You shake it and you see the rule that accompanies the thought that you are having and you go in that direction. A rule is a guideline, okay? So let's do a little rule refresher. What the fuck are the rules? And what am I always talking about? You know, what? Well, I will tell you. The rules began, I guess, you know, years ago, loosely, very loosely based off a book from 1995 called The Rules. We've actually had one of the the writers, the authors of that book on the podcast. It's the episode is called The Rules, Time-Tested Secrets to Find Your Mr. Right. You can find it in, in our episodes. It's a really good one. And that is a strict set of rules. What I have bounced off of that and created are a less strict, but still, you know, kind of strict boundary slash rules that, you know, will help you when dating. For reference, the original rules had rules like don't cut your hair short. Men like long hair. We're not saying that here. You're, you look however you want. You're gorgeous. You're beautiful. Guys to 
all people of all kinds, you're beautiful. You don't need to change your hair for anyone ever or your appearance. These, again, are a guideline of things to do. There are rules for men dating women, which we'll say first, and for women dating men. I'm still working on the rules for men dating men and women dating women, which I need somebody to help me a little bit to understand exactly that breakdown. I think Ali Colbert was going to help me. So I need to ping her. But we're going to get into that. I mean, that basically, you know, I'm not even going to touch that because I don't want to touch it wrong. Okay. Rules for men dating women. Pay for the date if you asked her on it. Pretty straightforward. You asked for the date, you pay for the date. Plan the date. Don't be lazy. Again, plan the fucking date. Don't send unsolicited dick pics. You would think that this rule is self-explanatory. You would think, but it's not. If somebody sends you an unsolicited dick pic, they are basically shooting themselves in the butt and saying goodbye. They've said bye to themselves by doing that. Stop lying about your height. This is a rule that no one will ever follow. No man follows this rule. And actually, we had a funny episode with where I interviewed Justin this McLeod, the CEO of Hinge. And I was like, why did you take off height? And he's like, gotta protect the guys, you know, something like that. Really funny, but annoying. Be a gentleman. Hold the doors for her. Walk on the dangerous side of the road. That's important. Do you know what that means? That means every time you're walking on a road, the man in a hetero situation should be walking closer to the cars. That is gentlemanly. And by the way, going back to the the gay version of this, I'd imagine that the person pursuing walks on the dangerous side of the road. Marshall, my producer, is going to tell me his version of the rules and I will share it with you. That was a surprise to him. So we'll see if he does. Um, Okay. Do not order for her. This is so 1900s. Like, don't order for me. I will... I have a mouth and a voice and I will say what I want. Unless we have previously discussed it, And you were like, we both have to get the duck. It's the best thing on the menu. And I was like, oh my God, we need to get the duck. And that was like our pre-date text combo. And then we're sitting. Then you can be like, we're both getting the duck. Like we talked about it, you know? But other than that, no. Ask questions on date. Again, you'd think this is self-explanatory, but it's not. Ask her questions. Don't just talk about yourself the whole time. If you want her to be your girlfriend, you have to ask. Again, Ask, like, don't just introduce a girl as your girlfriend, assuming that she wants to be your girlfriend. Maybe she does, but ask. Get her flowers. Yes, get her flowers. Don't make her sit you down and have one of those conversations where she's like, I really like flowers and it makes me happy when I get them. No, just get her fucking flowers. Say I love you first. We'll revisit this in the in the female rules version. But yes, men say, I love you first. Make sure she orgasms. You'd be surprised how many men will just jackrabbit in there. And then once they come, it's over. So yeah, put her first. She comes first. I think that's a book. Text to make sure they got home safe. This is so much better than saying, text me when you get home to a woman. Just text them. 
and say, hey, did you get home safe? If you didn't like them, then don't text them because that might be misleading. And hopefully they're still home safe. Or you can, you know, you can text them anyway to make sure they got home safe because it's scary out there. Don't ghost, obviously. Don't wait until 4 p.m. to confirm a date the day of. Always confirm before 2 p.m. Come on, do it. Initiate texts. Don't ask, should I come up? That's the worst thing. If a guy asks me if he should come up to my apartment after dates one through three or any date, really, any date, no. No, you shouldn't come up until I decide that I want to invite you up. Should I come up? Like, who do you think you are? No, no. No means no, obviously. Compliment us. Like, don't be afraid to compliment us. We want to be complimented. Don't make sexual jokes before sex. Don't even bring up sex before sex. Do not try to, I almost just said cyber, to sext with me. Don't sex with me. If I'm going to sex, I will sex with you. You are not going to initiate the sex. Don't brag about money. Just like don't do it. And don't name drop. Oh, it's the worst. Make the date convenient for her, not you. If you live in Queens and she lives in Brooklyn, guess who's going to Brooklyn? It's you. Do not make her come all the way to you. Like she is the prize. Go to therapy we'd hope that people would follow this, but sometimes they don't and show up to the date in a good fucking mood. And if you're not in a good mood, have some self-deprecation about why you're not in a good mood and some self-awareness. Okay. And share that with her. When was the last time you went on a really amazing date from a dating app? Like I need to know because if it hasn't been in a while, it's not you, it's the dating app. Obviously, you're not using OkCupid because with OkCupid, you're getting so specific that you're 1000% going to find a match. Like there's just no way. This one of a kind algorithm, it pairs you with people that actually care about what you care about. And how can that go wrong? Like, I don't understand. Please tell me. OkCupid helps you filter out the singles that don't care about the issues you care about. So maybe that's climate change, maybe LGBTQ, whatever it is that you care about, OkCupid knows and they they pair that with somebody who cares about the same things. Plus, all the people on it are really good people for the most part because otherwise they wouldn't take the time to fill out all of this information about themselves. And they probably are in it for the right reasons, like looking for a relationship, you know, because if they're going on and they're making a profile that thorough, they're not in it for a hookup, like for real. And if they are, they'll note it on their profile. No more wasted money, no more wasted time and no more surprises. Okay, Cupid is free. Did I mention that? And you can find your person. It really, really works. OkCupid is mentioned more times in the New York Times wedding section than any other dating app. And that's not for nothing. Download the dating app OkCupid in the app store today. Again, it's free, so you have no excuses. Plus, if you listen to our episode with Melissa, you know how it works and you know that it's worth it. So go into your app store today and download OkCupid now. I've been working Monday through Wednesday recently. Well, not actually, like I'm still kind of always working in my inbox, but sitting in front of a computer Monday through Wednesday for the most part, because of all the weddings that we have that start on Thursday nights and 
my inbox is just piling up and piling up. And then I'll get back and I'll just procrastinate it like beyond. And I don't even know how to get started. And I just need like a little bit of motivation, a little bit of focus, a little bit of energy. And I turn to Thesis. Thesis makes personalized supplement formulas that are specifically designed to boost your cognitive function. It is perfect for that Monday morning where you just want to get shit done. You want to feel energized, but without the crash. You don't want to drink a Red Bull. You want something that's actually good for you. And you want to cut through all your brain fog to think a little bit clearer. All you have to do is take their three-minute online quiz and then Thesis will recommend high-quality nootropic formulas that are unique to you and your goals. It's all based in the science of nootropics. Nootropics are natural and powerful ingredients like caffeine, ginseng, and B12 that increase productivity, focus, energy, and mental clarity. Over 60,000 entrepreneurs, lawyers, engineers, and all sorts of professionals and parents have used Thesis to get better results at work and at home. Imagine what you can do with Thesis. Right now, Thesis is offering our listeners 10% off your first starter kit when you visit takethesis.com slash Acme. That's takethesis.com slash Acme to take this quiz and discover your unique nootropic combination and save 10% on your first starter kit. That's takethesis.com slash Acme. Make sure to use our URL to let them know that we sent you and that they support us and we support you. Takethesis.com slash Acme. Well, hello, I'm Kitty Maloney, and you probably know me from a little show called Banner Bumber Rolls. I've been labeled all kinds of things, a bitch, a bully, and a mean girl. But there is so much more to a person than what you see on TV. Tune in every Friday as I talk to some of my friends and castmates, celebrities, comedians, medical professionals, and maybe some political figures. And by the time we're done, you're going to love me. For women dating men, always offer to pay, but they better not accept it if they ask you on the date. The reason behind offering to pay is graciousness. It is, you don't, you know, so many men who are delusional will think that women take them out for a free dinner. That's not the case. But I could see why they would think that was the case if you have the dinner and then you're like, thank you. No. Always offer reach. Don't seriously offer. Don't get out your card and be like, no, 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 I insist. Don't insist. Do the reach. Go for the card a little bit. If by then they haven't stopped you, if you're already holding onto the card because they haven't stopped you, honestly, kind of a red flag. But whatever. They should be paying for the date, but you should offer. You should offer up until the point where you're in an actual relationship and have had a conversation about who's paying for what. And then you can, you know, take it from there. If, if they say, I'm always going to pay for dinners, so please don't offer, then you, you don't offer. Don't text them thank you after the first date. This one is quite the controversial rule. But no, you just don't need to text them thank you. You went on the date. You thanked them on the date. And then afterwards, they can reach out to you to show that they're interested in you because you've done all the thank yous and all the nice things. It is now their turn to 
reach out to you. If you do text them, you're interrupting their thought process on if they liked you enough to reach out to you again. Plus, it could seem desperate and kind of like, you know, maybe you need an answer right then and there. And I know what you're thinking, but I'm so anxious. I need to know if they're going to text me and how it does. So I have to be in control of it. No, actually, if you're anxious, you shouldn't reach out after the date because it's so much more simple of a breakdown. If they text you, they like you. If they don't, they don't. You know, instead of them responding to your thank you again, it was such a nice, oh, no problem, blah, 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 talking, talking, just because you texted me, you know, no need. Don't forget to ask a question back when texting. You need to give them something to work with. Don't let the conversation die. I can't tell you how many people have shown me their conversations with guys and been like, I just don't know what happened. He just didn't hit me up after that. Because he asked you what your favorite mayonnaise is and you said Primal Kitchen, period. How about Primal Kitchen? What about you? I did not mean to make that an ad for Primal Kitchen Mayo, but it is good. Okay. No sex on the first date or really until the fifth or sixth. Don't do third date sex. It is so predictable. And it is. It's the worst amount of predictable. I would honestly rather you have sex on the second date than the third date. But don't. The reason I say don't have sex until the fifth or sixth date is... um, And by the way, these rules are all my own experience and things that have that seem to work for my listeners. So again, if you take what you want and get rid of the rest, that's like everything, you know, anytime you're listening to some story, take what you want to take and get rid of the rest. So you don't have to follow every single rule, but just take it or leave it, you know? Okay. That this sex thing is because from episodes that I've done with tons of men, I have gathered that men fall for us based off of our shared experiences with them, right? So time spent together, getting to know one another, et cetera. And women tend to fall for men based off of, you know, like pheromones and like, you know, sex. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm not a scientist, but that. And then also the reason of it is so much hotter to wait to have sex and get that buildup, that sexual tension. Oh my God. Like there's nothing hotter than that. I remember when Steven and I were like first like in like the fooling around kind of stage before we had sex. And like all I wanted to do was like put my hand on there and like see what I was working with or like do this or whatever. And it's so hot that we waited because like once I did, I was like, oh my God, this was like so worth the wait. Not always the case. I have waited and then had sex with them and it was awful and I never wanted to see them again. But what did I waste? A few dates. I think that's okay. All right. No more than two drinks on a first date. This is really just for your own safety and like state of mind. You don't need to have more than two drinks on a first date. Like you, you lines get blurred. I mean, again, this depends on like what you're drinking and what your tolerance is. For me, I was drinking tequila on the rocks back in the day before I was sober. So like probably not more than one drink on a first date would have been good for me. Anything that kind of makes you not know what decisions you're making or think that you like someone when you don't. And again, like if you're just 
like throwing them back all night, you're going to be on that date for more than two hours, which leads me to my next rule, which is don't stay on the date for more than two to three hours maximum. You're a busy lady. You have things to fucking do. And you're not going to stay on this date for your whole entire night. It also creates a false sense of familiarity. You think you know this person. You think you've had this amazing connection. You're putting them on this pedestal because you spent the night together and you didn't leave until the sun came up. No. Two, three hours, you're gone. And you can make like, you can say you got to wake up early, whatever. They walk you home. You can kiss. Like it doesn't mean that you don't like them. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, especially when you start to like them. I have so many friends that are like, oh my God, I had the best time with them. I met my husband, me included, by the way. I've said, I said that after, after my date with Steven, what did I do? I continued dating other people because I was so scared that if it didn't work out with Steven, I would be devastated. So what do you do? You protect yourself by putting your eggs in other baskets. Also very helpful to compare and contrast with other people that you're dating. Like, oh, like John is really great. But now that I've met Sergio, I realize that Sergio holds way more doors than John. So I need a guy who holds a lot of doors. Whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. Don't ask them what they're looking for. Most men don't know until they find it. Very true. And also, it sounds like when you're saying, what are you looking for? You have this like empty space available for your next, for your husband and you're just trying to fill it. And that's not cute. It just sounds like you're already looking for something serious with them. And they have to just be on your same page regardless of if you even know each other or not. Not cute, not cute. Don't ask, what are we? If you have to ask, that's a bad look to begin with. This is more of like a two-month-in convo that you would try to have, and I don't think you should have it. What are we is a very scary set of words. And instead of that, you could just say something like, I'm really enjoying getting to know you and just like checking in to see if you're still enjoying this. Whatever. I don't even say that, honestly. You'll know where you stand with someone if it's someone that's going to be long-term. Show up to the date in a good mood. Same thing I told guys. Bring the good vibes. Bring the good energy. Smile. You can be the one to ask a guy out, but then let them take it from there. So this is kind of a out-of-left-field rule that you'd be like, what do you mean? You can ask a guy out? Yeah, you actually can. I asked Steven out because he didn't know I was single, but that's a different story. You can ask a guy out and I have before and had success with it. Then you wait for them to, you know, it's like, it's like a dance. You step in and then they step in. But if you're stepping and stepping and stepping, you're going to run them over. So wait for them to step in after you ask them out and do it in like a fun and cute way. Don't accept a date the day of or even three days in advance. You're busy. They should ask you at least four days in advance. Stand your motherfucking ground on this. If they ask you on a date Monday for Monday night, you offer them Thursday or whenever you're free. I mean, the best way to follow these rules is to actually just like be somebody who's busy and cool, you know? And by cool, I just mean like happy with your own life. Not like, oh, I have like the new sneakers in town. 
like just be living your best fucking life. And that's like, that's naturally following the rules. The only thing more relaxing to me than cooking is having someone else cook for me. I can't explain to you how on the go we've been with 19 weddings this year. Like what? And when I get home from these weddings, which are all destination, mind you, the last thing I want to do is go to the grocery store and whip up a meal. No. Sakara has been like a godsend for me because I'll just order it ahead of time so that when I come home, it's waiting for me on a Sunday night. I pop it into my fridge and I have the most incredible plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals that are so good for my body that I literally give all the credit to for giving me abs. Like abs are, are, I hate that phrase, but they really are made in the kitchen. Like if you're not treating your body well, but you're working out, you're not going to see results. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Their plant-based ingredients are things that I would never come across on my own, never use. And I learn something new every time I open one of their meals because it has a little blurb about everything that's in it, about superfoods and what superfood is being used that for that specific meal. Plus they have their best-selling metabolism super powder, which also comes in a bar, like their plant protein bars, their teas. I love their detox tea for in-between meals. And they've gotten rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, and Gwyneth Paltrow uses Sakara. So like, what else more do you need to know? Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Acme or use code Acme20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash Acme or use code ACME20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's sakara.com slash ACME. Another thing I forgot to mention in the rules is it's okay to talk about how you're feeling, talk about your mental health and discuss all of that. I do that pretty early on, but honestly, it's whenever you're comfortable. It really just creates this sense of vulnerability when you're dating. And it's it's really so special to have that connection with somebody, especially when you're confident about it, which you should be because everybody works on themselves. And it's cool. It's really cool to work on your mental health. I honestly would put it in my dating app profile if I could. So I really think that if you haven't considered it, talking to someone is an amazing, amazing tool and an amazing resource to fit into your schedule. In fact, it should become something that you put ahead of everything else because it gives you so many tools to bring back into your work life and into your romantic life and all of the above. Seriously, Talkspace is the best place to start. It has all of these incredibly licensed therapists that are across dozens of different specialties. So you can connect with someone that's trained for just what you need. Maybe it's family stuff, relationship stuff, work stuff, or maybe you just want to talk to someone who has an indifferent perspective. They also have amazing couples therapists and your privacy is a huge priority to them. They have encryption and added security features to keep your conversations secure. So get the one size fits one support that you need with Talkspace. Sign up today at Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code ACME. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com promo code ACME. 
it's never too late to start talking to someone. And honestly, this winter is never ending. I think the seasonal depression is so real. So start talking to someone now. Go to Talkspace.com and use promo code ACME for $100 off your first month. Other rules. Let them say I love you first. I love when a guy says I love you first because it's very validating. I have so many situations where the girl said I love you first and maybe it's worked out, but less validating. I want to know that you love me so much and you cannot hold back saying it. Tell me you fucking love me. And then I'll tell you that I love you, even though I knew for like three months. Don't date them for more than three months if they haven't made things official. I've made this mistake. I dated a guy for six months. And then I was like, why aren't we official? And he was like, bitch, because you let me date you for six months. You know, don't do it. That conversation didn't actually happen. If someone called me a bitch, I would murder them. If you didn't... Con- okay, don't confirm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by 2 p.m., then you made other plans. If your date doesn't confirm the date the day of, that's disgusting. Like you, again, you're a busy woman. You need confirmation. I don't like to be the one to reach out being like, hey, we on for tonight? Because that sounds insecure. If I need to text them and don't want to like stand them up because they didn't confirm the date, but I know they're still going, then I would say confidently, see you tonight. No, no exclamation point. Or actually, no exclamation point, fine. But no question mark is what I mean. See you tonight. And then if they're canceling, then they'll be like, oh shit, blah, 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 blah. Excuse, whatever. Bring a gift when you go to their parents' house for the first time. You don't need to bring one though if you're going, if you're meeting at a restaurant, because that's weird. Then they have to be responsible for the gift at a restaurant. Gifts can be wine if they drink, Levain cookies, a, a dessert basket, a candle, but that's risky because some people are weird about scents. Don't go home with them or let them come to your apartment until dates three to four. Can give the wrong idea. Also very tempting to have sex. In fact, if you really don't want to have sex, do not shave or wax or laser down there because then you'll, you won't, you know, it helps. Don't buy them gifts before official. This is the worst thing that you can do. Do not buy them a gift before you're official. Why do they... No, that's a boyfriend privilege. That's another highlight you can check in our Instagram. Boyfriend privileges, girlfriend privileges, etc. But if it happens to be their birthday and you're still in the dating, not official stage, you can take care of the dinner that night. No gift. Let them initiate more texts than you do. If you want to be really extreme, don't initiate any texts first at all until official, but be receptive and talkative when they do text. Don't initiate dates until official unless you have a good idea for one, like a place you had both talked about that you happen to score a reservation at or a comedian that like that they like is performing. Trips before official are fine and actually a good idea because you get to know them in a way that you hadn't before. They're very make or break. And if they move into a new apartment, you can bring a housewarming gift, but it's for the house, not for them. Okay? If they text you after your date to be like, hope you got home. Okay. Had so much fun. You can then say, I did. Thank you for dinner. And then ask a question. That's the only thank you for dinner exception. Okay. And that is the overview that took a while. I knew it would, but I want to get into some of your rule success stories to motivate you guys to follow the rules. 
I'm going to make them all anonymous, even though only a few said to make anonymous, but I want to be respectful. Hi, I started listening to We Met at Acme at the beginning of 2021 after yet another failed situationship that didn't turn into anything. I had spent all of my college years and early 20s desperately trying to make any connection I found into a relationship. Relatable. And any guy that would give me attention, I would cling on to and want to make work so badly. I allowed myself to be treated badly by people that wouldn't even commit to me. I had an eight-month-long toxic situationship that made me so miserable, I would cry every time I hung out with him. So I took a a three-month-long break from everything. I found this podcast, was in therapy, read the attached book, journaled, manifested, worked out. I decided to follow the rules. I made a Hinge profile that was actually authentic to me and matched with a guy and decided to go on my first date in a long time. I let him reach out to me and he kept setting up dates. I would say thank you and he paid and I didn't sleep with him right away. When we did have sex, it was the first time I slept with someone for the first time dead sober. Proved that waiting made me comfortable to do it sober and I must really like him. Just six weeks in, he asked me to be his girlfriend. Oh, I just got the chills. Never had been asked before. And a little while after that, he said, I love you. We have been together for almost a year and it's my first relationship. The whole beginning, I kept thinking there's no way it is this easy and it was way too good to be true. But I really just followed the rules and believed I was worth more than I did before. I told him my experiences and what I wanted and he has met them every time. Thank you. Oh my God. I need a moment. I'm emotional. Okay. I'm going to read two more because I'm getting too emo. Hi. After years and years of sleeping with people on the first or second date, barely going on actual dates and in situationship after situationship, I was over myself and my first house Aries Venus lol. <laughs> I started therapy with a new therapist after my dad died in November, but we also started talking about my relationships. I had been in a situationship for two years. I know. And my therapist was like, do you even like him? You have no emotion when you talk about him. It was honestly eye-opening. I realized I didn't like him. I broke things off with him and I decided I was going to follow the rules. I didn't believe in myself at first and told my friend I would try to not sleep with someone on the third or fourth date because I couldn't picture myself waiting that long. Spoiler alert, I waited. I went on so many first and second dates, always scheduling them so that they'd only last two to three hours and I didn't sleep with any of them. After one first date, I felt like it was different. I actually told my friends his name rather than a funny nickname. And I said it was the best first date I've ever been on. I still kept going on first and second dates. Good girl. Until he asked me to be official. We didn't sleep together until date six. And it was honestly fun and hot to wait. And even before then, he was so kind and emotionally invested in my life. On date five, before official, he remembered that we were having a memorial for my dad two weeks after our date and asked, if you don't mind me asking, how are you feeling about your dad's memorial? I had never had someone care about my feelings like that before. Lol, I know how bad that sounds, but it's because I never followed the rules or cared about relationships. And I legit had a mental breakdown and he was so nice about it. He genuinely cared. A few weeks later, he asked me to be his girlfriend and I'm now in the healthiest and most supportive relationship I've ever had. I legit haven't been this happy in so long. And all my friends approved too. Listen to your therapist and the rules. They work. Okay, this is the last one and it's a little long. So bear with me here because these ones are giving me full body chills. Hi, Lindsay, longtime listener, first time caller, lol. I'm writing to let you know how I found true love by following the rules with two kind of major exceptions. 
I moved to a new city and got on dating apps in early 2020, just in time for the pandemic. The next year and a half led to a handful of situationships, one with a guy I really liked and was so let down when he ended it after a few months, one with a guy who was so not worth my time, but I kept dating because it was something to do, and one who made me so anxious with his communication style that I was physically sick. After that last one, I committed to your rules. If for no reason other than whatever I was doing clearly wasn't working out. I had a bad habit of lingering on dates and going for that third martini. When I met, let's call him John Doe, after he suggested and he suggested a brunch date, I thought to myself, perfect. I'll tell him I have plans after and can't get boozy. John was perfect, family oriented, ambitious, not to mention tall and a dazzling smile. After brunch, he invited me to join him to watch a game down the street. I stuck to my guns and told him I had somewhere to go. The only thing is I could tell that I had tried so hard to play it cool. I was so into him that I'd given absolutely him absolutely no reason to think I was into him. I drove away thinking, this guy thinks I hate him. That night, I broke a cardinal rule. I texted him, thank you. And he responded, I thought I was never going to hear from you again. We went on our second date that weekend. Okay, let me just say before I keep reading that in that case, if she really did not give him any any indication that she was into him, they didn't even kiss, etc., that thank you was fine. When I met John, I was still talking to that guy who made me so anxious I could puke and had been on another first date the week prior and had a friend who was trying to set me up with a guy who just moved to town. I tried to follow your rules and keep seeing those guys, even though I knew they weren't contenders. The problem was I felt so awful every time I made plans to see them. I didn't have fun getting ready. I felt like I was watching the clock the whole time we were together. I had to accept that dating multiple people just wasn't my style. I anti-ghost texted the three, all three of them, literally copy and pasted it from your page. If I broke these two rules, I followed every other one of them to a T. I made sure we didn't go back to either of our places after our first five dates because I knew I couldn't trust myself to not sleep with him. I scheduled extra gym classes, drinks with girlfriends, and volunteer shifts so I was purposefully unavailable because I knew I didn't trust myself to not jump to see him after he planned something last minute. When we first made out, I told him I wanted to take things slow. When we finally slept together, it was, like you say, so sexy from the buildup. After two months, I was dying to see where we stand, but I waited for him to ask me to be his girlfriend one morning while we laid in bed. And for two months after that, I literally swallowed back, I love you, one night until one night he tucked my hair behind my ear and said it first. It was so worth the wait. Oh my God, I'm crying. John and I joke all the time that he, like I sensed, thought I absolutely hated him after the first date. He says he might not have ever texted me if I hadn't texted him afterwards. I'm not sure I believe him, but I'm glad I did it either way. More important than your rules in and of themselves is the attitude they instilled in me. If you follow these rules, you'll force yourself to ask the most important question. Not does he like me, but do I like him? I learned my value on my own time and tossed the guys out who obviously did not. The rules aren't just a list of do's and don'ts. They're like a toolkit to help you help yourself find love. I think it's important to try your best to follow them. Don't beat yourself up when you break them and know that it's true that every rule has an exception. So depart from them when it feels really right. Wow. Sorry that turned out to be a mouthful. You really are like an internet big sister. And I still love tuning in every week now that I'm out of the dating game. Oh, that was amazing, guys. This... I'm so happy we ended with that because that is a perfect example of take what works for you and then dump the rest or keep the rest. And the thing is that this last writer or this last person who wrote in 
she is amazing in so many ways. And so are the other, the other women, but she like clearly had the confidence enough and the reading the room ability wherewithal to know what to do and what not to do. And she knew, and she felt in her heart that she should thank him after. And so she did. And that's okay. You know, it's all about why you're sending the thank you text. If you're sending it for that validation, don't send it. If you're sending it to make sure they know that you're into them because you did not show it to them on the date, then send that fucking text, you know? Okay. Wow. This might just be my favorite episode yet. Like truly, truly. I'm having so much fun here. Reading your stories was so amazing. And those are the rules. I'm going to end with three things that you guys asked me to talk about and that'll be a wrap. So I went off birth control. I went off birth control for the first time since I was 15. I'm 31. That's a long fucking time. And it's been wild. A lot of, lot of breakouts. Not going to lie to you. A lot of breakouts. My boobs feel like they're shrinking, but then sometimes they feel like they're the same or bigger unclear what they're doing right now. And I do feel crampy sometimes without having an actual period. So those are my symptoms. I'm not trying to get pregnant. I just wanted to go off for the future whenever I do decide to, you know, take that road. But I just wanted to give my body a break. I wanted to see when I would get my period naturally and I'm really excited about this journey of not pumping hormones into my body. So far, would recommend. But I also didn't ever have a problem with birth control. I never thought that it was like changing my body or my attitude or anything like that. It was pretty good to me all those years. I was on Yaz, not for everyone. I think there's some thyroid issues with that one. So be careful. But just wanted to be transparent about that on my going off birth control journey. How did you get started with all this dating stuff? Great question. I have always kind of been the person in my group of friends that people went to for dating advice. And then as many of you you know, who have been listening know, when I started the podcast, I was dumped on my 27th birthday by a fucking loser. And it made me reevaluate my, my dating knowledge, aka like clearly I knew nothing when I thought I knew so much. And I um, I started learning and I started interviewing specialists and therapists and dating experts. And I learned a lot through this podcast that I'm now able to share with you guys. And I'm not, I'm not an expert. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I still hear something in every guest that opens my eyes. And it's, it's a really great experience. Okay, sorry. There's two more. Finances and relationship. Okay. So we started, we didn't really, we kind of talked about finances when we were first dating. I somehow it came up that a past partner had never told me what he made. And Steven jokingly was like, well, here's what I make. It's nothing. I work at a startup. And I, we laughed and whatever. Then before we moved in together, we did a full breakdown Excel spreadsheet of all the money we have everywhere, debt, whatever it is. And then now that we're married, we just opened up a bank account together with the money that we got from the people that attended our wedding as wedding gifts. And I believe we're still going to keep our own separate accounts. Not for any reason other than that. I do not want him judging my shopping habits. Not that he would, 
but we jokingly, so I asked my favorite, our like favorite couple, who's like our couple goals. I was like, what do you guys do? And she was like, we have one account for the two of us and we have our own accounts because I refuse to let her husband know about my shopping and I was dying because that's the same thing. I would like to continue that if we if we end up putting everything together or like putting a percentage, we might put a percentage of each paycheck into the joint account, you know, kind of need to figure that out, decide what the joint account is going to go to. If it's like for our kids, then obviously we're going to put money into it. If it's just to like have, then who knows? First month being sober and how did you do it? It was really fucking hard. I didn't do it alone. I'm not going to lie to you. I joined a 12-step program. And I don't know if I've ever actually straight up said that in this podcast before, but I did. I joined a program and I got a sponsor and that person kept me honest. And I had friends who were sober who also checked in on me and it was a community project. It was not something that I could do on my own. And I'm so glad that I asked for help and I was open to help. And if this is something that you're interested in, reach out to me and I'll point you in the right direction of help. But it was really hard. And I ate a lot of candy, a lot of candy because I was like, this is all I this is all I got. So I'm going to eat lots of candy and dessert and didn't sleep. And then sometimes slept a lot. And it, it was tough. It was really tough. And I Anytime I was in a situation that was tempting for me, I just left. Because you know what? No one cares if you leave the party. No one cares if you leave the party. Like, repeat after me. No one cares if you leave the party. If something isn't serving you, you leave the party. No one's going to know that you left. And if someone really cares, then you can tell them why. That's all I got. Thank you guys so much for letting me do a solo episode. I love you. 